We are glad that you're here. If you want to grab your Bibles and message notes, we're going to get right into week two of a series we're calling Legacy, all about life, money, and a lot of hope, a lot of hope along the way. We, uh, this uh, series kind of began with me in a book that I read earlier this, year, earlier this year called The Legacy Journey by Dave Ramsey, and we actually have uh, copies of that that you can pick up if you would like on your way out, but uh, we, we just really believe that God's called every one of us to leave a legacy, and no matter where you are, no matter how old you are, um, kind of where you are on the journey, you are leaving a legacy, and the question is, what kind are you leaving, and how do, you, how do we do that in the way that, that God's called us to? So we, I like to turn our attention this direction um, in this season of the year. By the way, we made it to fall, everybody. We are so glad to be here. Praise God, we made it, uh, and we won yesterday. Come on. <laughs> So I expected everyone to be worshiping extra, extra good today. Uh, uh, but no, we are, I, I love this time of the year. I love this season. And I, I, I like to talk about uh, these, these topics around this time of year for a few reasons. Number one, we live in a world that the holiday season gets so, we, we can mess ourselves up so bad in these areas in our comparison culture that we live in about, um, about when it comes to uh, things, when it comes to money, whenever it comes to gifts, whenever it comes to all those things. So I like talking about that before we get in, getting some freedom in these areas of our lives. Also, as a church, we like to ramp up up our generosity in this season of the year. And I just want to let you know kind of where we're going here in the next couple months so you can prepare and so that you can go ahead and start inviting people to be part. Um, one of the things we do to reach out is something that we call uh, At the Movies. And we're starting this on November the 11th. This is a series that we do every year that is our by far most popular series of the year. But it is just a great time to invite somebody to come to church from work. And you'll have invitations to be able to invite them. Faith and film collide. And it's just a blast. We have a good time. And it is incredible incredibly impacting. That starts on November the 11th. And then um, also we are having a Serve Saturday on November 17th. This is our Baskets of Hope outreach where we help families in need in our city have Thanksgiving dinner. And there's going to be just a lot of opportunities to serve that day. So we are, um, this is going to be our first Serve Saturdays. We're going, we have a annual serve day where we come together in the summer and we have a big serve day together, but um, uh, we are going to be having these more often on a monthly basis. And uh, our first one's going to be November the 17th. So we're excited about that, getting out served. Just go ahead and make plans that day to bring your family and we'll have opportunities to serve, bring the kids, bring everybody. And we're just going to serve our city together. And then also... On December 9th, we have our annual impact offering, and this is an offering that we uh, use to really make an impact in our city. We give it away. We partner with, uh, with, with different charities in the city, and we just, we're a blessing on that day, and it's, it's just, all for the last uh, three years, it's just been an incredible day of giving as a church as we prepare uh, for that. So, so that's, that, that's why we're talking about this idea of leaving a legacy, making a mark. Our theme verse is Psalm chapter 112 and verse 5. It says, good will come to him who is come on you can do better than that good will come to him who is generous you sound great and lends freely who conducts his affairs with justice surely he will never be shaken a righteous man will be remembered forever and i want to say that it's god's idea that you and i live a legacy life and that's not to build monuments to ourselves but to but to build a legacy of faith that points people to jesus christ that makes a difference, that lives beyond us. Abraham, God promised him this. He says, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. 
I will make your name great. And then he goes on to tell Abraham, I, you will be a blessing. And this is a promise that you and I, because of Jesus Christ, we are now sons of Abraham by faith. And so we have the promise of Abraham on our life, and it's the promise that God wants to bless our life. So we're looking at how do we live this blessed life? How do we follow what the scripture says and not what the culture says? Because what we're going to find is it's really in direct opposition whenever it comes to things, when it comes to money, whenever it comes to legacy, when it comes to making a difference. And in our society today, there's all kinds of ideas. But the word, I want to show you this, the, the money and things and possessions all through the scripture, 800 verses about money and possessions in the Bible. Um, five times more scriptures about money than even prayer, which we would say that's so important. More scriptures about money than heaven and hell combined. That this is a huge topic of God's word. And Jesus himself, 16 of 38 parables, had to do with money, things, possessions, how we handle what God has given us. And so in these verses that the scripture talks about money, I think... You could probably fit those into four buckets, if you will. And that's what we're spending four weeks talking about in this series. And there are four big ideas that God's Word teaches us about money. We started last week with the first one, less is more. We talked about living a one handful kind of life. Getting a handful of life, a handful of our career, a handful, but always leaving a hand free to be able to be a blessing, to be able to make a difference, to be able to receive. We talked about less is more. Um, this week, we're going to be talking about stress is bad, financial stress. Next week, we're going to talk about giving is good. And the last week, we're going to be talking about tomorrow matters. Could you say these with me? I pray that these get in your heart, that this becomes a mantra for life whenever it comes to legacy. Number one, less is more, stress is bad, giving is good, and tomorrow matters. Tomorrow matters. So today, we're going to be talking about stress is bad. You know, when um, you do a Google search on worry, it's, it, it'll make you worried. It's, it, there's like millions of, of articles about worry. And it, it was so fascinating as I was preparing for this series that the number one worry for in America, over 76% of people said, when asked, what do you worry about? They said, I worry about money all the time. That's an incredible statistic. Whenever you figure that many people in our society worry about money, and we are in the most prosperous society on planet Earth. You would think that our last worry would be about money, but rather it's our first worry. And so we're going to look at some biblical principles about money today, specifically in the area of debt. And how I believe society really lies to us about this area. And this is such, I'm painting with a very broad brush here today. And uh, I, I don't even claim to, I don't even pretend to claim to be an expert. But I do claim this, that God's word is true. And our culture is, our culture will come and go, ideas will come and go, but I just want to show you what God's word says today about how to live our lives whenever it comes to leaving a legacy and making a difference. And I think our world is so, uh, so out of whack whenever it comes to this, and I think God's word wants to give us peace whenever it comes to our money, financial peace whenever it comes to this area of worry in our life, specifically in the area of debt. I think this is a huge um, part of our society that we just, we, we just kind of forget about. It just kind of comes with everything else. I did a, uh, 
I found this this uh, week. I went, there's actually a website where you can calculate what our national debt is. <laughs> I just literally did a screen capture. It's our usdebtclock.org. If you want to get really uh, depressed, you can go there yourself. <laughs> but, but this is our national debt there, $21,625,738,000,000. And it goes up and it goes up and it goes up. And all these numbers are continually going up. And, and, and when, you, when you start looking at this, you realize this is just kind of baked into our society today. It's just kind of a way that we do life. No one's really losing any sleep over this. And we, we, don't, we don't worry about this because we think, hey, um, somebody, like our kids will deal with this or their kids will deal with this. We'll be long gone. We won't have to, have to worry about this. But this is just a reality of how our world, how our nation, how how we live and whenever it comes we're just it's just constantly going up it's just what we do it's how we live and i think this translates into kind of how we live our lives whenever it comes to our personal debt whenever it comes to the credit cards that are in our wallet or the or the car that we're driving or the education that we have and what we're paying for or the house that we live in um, it's it's easy to just equate uh, society like it's it's just what we do like this is just the the water that we're swimming in that if you're ever going to do anything in life that 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 you're just going to you're just going to pay you know i o i o off to work i go you know that that's going to be the life that we live and, and and the whole purpose of this series and specifically the purpose in today is this i want you to find freedom in the area of your finances and 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 freedom is simply this you're free to say yes to whatever god calls you to do that's the goal not free to have 20,000 cars or whatever if that's you know that, that's not the message that I'm bringing to you today that it's but it's but it's that we could be financially free that when God calls us to do something to give something to make a difference that we are financially free to be able to say yes and to make the difference that God has called us to do to be able to go to be able to say yes and to make a difference but 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 to do that to live a life that's this legacy minded life we're going to have to flip the script from what society tells us about what's important and how to live our lives so so i want to show you a diagram that was shared with me that's really been very very helpful about about how we live our lives simply this i think here's how the first here's how society tells us we're supposed to live that the first is me like i'm on top of my of my life of the world this is what's most important in my world in my life is me i'm on top of the pyramid and the first thing that i do with my life and my finances and everything about me is i live that's the first priority whenever i'm on top i'm going to live this has to do with the the houses that we live in the cars we drive the food we eat the the vacations we take just just the life that we live the 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 hopes that we have for our kids the the clothes that we wear the 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 water heater that breaks down that we have to fix all of the different aspects of life and living that that's okay so number one that's what i do and then if there's anything left over from the living i save that's what society tells us i think everybody would agree that yes we need to save. We understand that, that difficult days are coming and we need savings. But we save after we have, you know, like margin from living. So if we happen to have anything left after the living part, then, then, then we're going to put some money back. We're going to save some money along the way. And then society will tell us the third thing that we do is give. I think this is a, this is a desire of, of, of everyone's heart. They want to be generous they want to make a difference but but notice the order giving 
comes only after you've lived. And then if you have a little bit over from the living, you save. And if you have a little bit left over from the saving, then you give. You know, you, you, you give, maybe you feel guilty. Maybe you go to something and you, someone twists your arm. Or, or maybe you look in your bank account and you have $50 without a name on it. And you, you give or you, you, you just decide to put some money in the plate or give some money to a charity or give some money to a cause. And this is how society this is how we live our lives. We, we, we live first. We're, we're highly leveraged lives. And, uh, and we live on credit. We, 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 it's all about the living, saving, and then giving. And what I want to present to you today is a different way of seeing our possessions, a different way of living our lives and leaving a legacy. And here's, here's how it looks. Is the top, instead of being me, the top becomes God. Like the highest goal of my life, the reason for living becomes God. I come from God and one day I will return back to God. Like, like instead of me being in charge, me being on top of life, God, it's not about me. God, I'm part of your story and I, I want to play my part well. This, this, this life is about you. So watch how the, flip, the script gets flipped instead of living being our first priority giving becomes our first priority know what you think this is this is crazy how do you live doesn't make sense giving becomes first every time we're blessed every time something comes into our lives our first thought becomes how can i give how can i Thank the one who gave it to me. How can I thank God for what he's done in my life? That becomes the first motive of my life. Not how can I improve my standard of living, but, but how can I give? That becomes our first priority in life whenever we're, we're, we're living in this new reality. And then after we give, our second is not even our living. The second is to save. That we prioritize, okay, after I have given, which is first... After I've, after I've helped, after I've given, that's, that becomes the first thing. And after that, how can I save? How can I set aside a piece of what I have in my hands to save and do this first? And I, I pray this. These are, these are biblical principles that regardless of how old you are or how young you are, maybe you're a college student, a middle school student, or wherever you are, I, I challenge you, take this to heart because these are biblical principles. And the amazing thing about God's word about these areas of our life is everybody can do it. And then the third thing, after we've given, after we've saved, then we live. You say, well, that doesn't make any sense at all. I don't understand that at all. Well, whenever I was looking at this illustration, I didn't share this with first service, so you guys are getting a good illustration. Imagine life like this. This represents how our culture says our life is. Notice, we don't have very much. You notice it like a cone. When, you, when your life is lived like this, you don't have much ability to catch any of the blessings of God coming in on your life. You see? And then you don't have much ability to hold on to what you have and just kind of goes out everywhere. 
And that's why I believe in society today, we, we have a lot. We, 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 we make money, we spend money, but we look around and we're thinking, where did, like, what happened? Like, where, it's another year gone by, and I'm no further than where I was a year before. But, why, and, but and this is how we're living. I, it's, it's about, okay, living, paying the bills, paying the mortgage, paying the lease, paying everything, going on the vacation, living life, okay, saving a little bit, and okay, I'll give whenever I have it to give, or I'll give whenever I can and this represents our life but I want to show you when you'll live this way it flips the script and it becomes a funnel now you're living your life from a completely different perspective I hope this helps somebody when you live your life with open hands and giving becomes the first motive and priority of life then you are a funnel for the blessings of God to come in your life and notice what happens then there is focus there is a difference that begins to be made. There is a wake of a generous life. There is a legacy that's built, but it's not built living life like this. It's built living it like this. And I think the difference between these two are the difference between living your life being the head and living your life being the tail. Living your life being above, living your life being beneath. So I'm going to call this message today, Heads or Tails. Look at your neighbor and say, Heads or Tails. <laughs> it's your choice, Heads or Tails. I want to show you what God's Word says. Deuteronomy 28, verse 1. This is, this is so awesome. God's talking to the nation of Israel, His people, about blessings and about life and about all these things we're talking about, leaving a legacy, making a difference. And he was giving them some promises. And I think this is a national blessing. I think our nation could hear this. We need this as a nation. And, but it begins with us as individuals. It begins with us as a church family. Watch what God's word says. It says this, If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all of his commands I give you today, the Lord your God will do what? Set you high above all the nations of the earth. And if I could just pause and say, I believe we are blessed as a nation because we've been founded on, on what we're talking about here. And we cannot get away from this. We can't get away from this as a nation. We can't get away from this as individuals. Amen? All of these blessings will come on you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. You will be what? Blessed in the city. And what? Blessed in the country, the fruit of your womb will be blessed, and the crops in your land, and the young of your livestock, and the calves of your herds, and the lambs of your flocks, your basket and your and your kneading trough will be blessed. You see a see a pattern <laughs> beginning here. It says you will be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. The Lord will grant that the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. They will come at you from one direction but flee from you in seven. The Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hand to. The Lord your God will bless you in the land He is giving you. The Lord will establish you as His holy people as He promised you an oath. If you keep the commands of the Lord your God and walk in obedience to Him, then all the peoples of the earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they will fear you and the Lord will grant you abundant prosperity in the fruit of your womb, the young of your livestock, and the crops of your ground. In the land that He swore to your ancestors to give you, the Lord will 
open the heavens, the storehouse of His bounty, to send rain on your land in season and to bless all the work of your hands. Watch this. You will lend to many nations, but will borrow from none. And I want to take a moment to say this. Maybe your life situation feels so far from this reality. Maybe you are the borrower. Maybe you are the person always needing help. I want you to know that through the power of God, through the wisdom of God, God wants to give you some principles so that no longer you're living your life with the hand out for help, and, but you can be the lender. You can be the one who's making the difference. You can be the generous person. You can be that person that leaves a legacy. It doesn't matter what your life has been up to this point. There's no pit you've dug deep enough to keep you from the grace of God. If you will give God a moment today to say, God, I want to leave a legacy. I don't want to live my life based on what the principles of our world is. I want to live our, my life based on what your word says. See, God wants to bless you and make you the head, not the tail. If you pay attention to the commands of the Lord, your God that I give you this day and carefully follow them, you will always be at the top. Never at the bottom. Don't turn aside from any of the commands I give you today to the right or to the left, following after other gods or serving them. See, God wants to bless your life. He wants to bless our life, but His blessings come in how we obey Him. And I, I, I want to be very uh, clear as a pastor, and I, I want to I help you. I think some of the problem with the... With, with, uh, with my profession sometimes, we, 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 we talk about giving, but we don't talk about how to get out of the situation that we're in. And we don't talk about how to, how to help kind of get out of the hole that we're dug in. And this is a place of freedom. I, this is a series for you. I know it's awkward to talk about. I, 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 prom I promise you, I'd much, I'd much rather be talking about uh, something, something else naturally. But here's what I know in my spirit, that this is going to set somebody free. I don't apologize one bit preaching about this today because there's going to be somebody that set, gets set free and begins to leave a legacy when you start living your life based on God's word instead of based on the messed up, mixed up culture that we live in. So how do we do that? If you're taking notes with us today, simply this, give first. So how do we, how do, we do this? It's a simple message. Give first. How, how, do, we, how do we change this, this reality? Why are we so stressed out? Jesus talks about why we're so stressed out in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. I'll start with verse 25. It says, don't worry about your life. <laughs> and then he goes into immediately talking about money. It's like Jesus knew what we'd be worried about in 2018. <laughs> I think he, it's like he went to the future and said, what was the number one worry in society today? <laughs> or... It could be this is the reality no matter what society or time. That Jesus knew you can't serve two masters. Either you will love the one and hate the other, or you'll be devoted, it's a big word, to, the, to one and despise the other. You can't serve both God and money. So there's this choice that we make. In other words, who goes first? Do I go first? And the word money there is literally the word mammon or possessions, just things. In other words, life. What was he saying? He said, you, can, you, you have to make a choice. What's going to be the most important? What's going to be first place? And watch what he says. It's such a profound truth. He says, if you choose the right way, you're going to live a life free from worry. 
And it, it's not about what you eat, what you drink, what you wear. I encourage you to read this on your own this week. So powerful. Jesus talks about all the things we worry about, all the things we fret about, and it's all centered when we're on the top of life. But he says this, seek first his kingdom. In other words, flip the script. Flip it up where it's no longer seeking first your life, but when you begin to seek first God, you put him on the top, his kingdom and his righteousness, watch what happens. All of these other things will be given to you as well. When you seek God first, you, you, you allow your life to be a conduit for the blessings of God. It looks like if I put myself first, that's how I get the blessings. And, and, and the reality is that's how, yeah, you can try to bless yourself, but none of us can do that. But the moment you flip it and you say, God, you're first, I'm going to seek your kingdom first, then, then everything else, like all the other things we worry about and stress about and our 401k and are we going to be able to retire and am I going to get that job? Am I going to stay single for how long? Or, or am I going to be able to get out of this debt? Am I going to be? All of the life that we worry about, God says, if you'll seek me first all of those other worries they'll be taken care of like everything's going to be all right so I want to get really practical with this message how do we do this there's two two things that God gives us in the area of seeking him first and, and giving first specifically and that's the principle of the tithe and the offering the tithe and the offering and I want to make it clear when it comes to giving this is not a message I'm trying to trying to get you to, to give something. There's, there's a reason I said our impact offering is in December. I didn't say it's today. Because <laughs> I want you to pray about this. I want this to be an intentional decision. I don't want you to, don't want to twist your arm because, because, again, we don't want giving to be like, oh, someone twisted my arm, I want to give. No, 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 no. We want to change our perspective and our attitude. It says, whoever sows sparingly in 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 9 will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one of you must give as he has decided. That's a big word. As you decide in your heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. In other words, don't do it because someone made you do it, but do it just because God loves a cheerful giver. So in other words, put giving as the first thing and let it be like understand the joy of being generous, the joy of generosity. The two ways that this works, the two practical things that God gives us, as I said earlier, is the tithe and the offering. I'll show you first the tithe in the scripture. It's all throughout the Old Testament. It's a principle of giving every, every time we get blessed, every time we have an increase, we give a tenth. That's the word tithe literally means that the first tenth back to God just to say thank you. And we do that to the storehouse, or I like to say it like this, to God through the local church that God's called us to. I'll say this, you, you owe it to yourself to find a local church that God's called you to. I pray that it's here. But there's a lot of incredible local churches in this city. And if this church isn't your flavor, that's why we pray for other churches. Because we know it's not just about us. But I know this, you owe it to your family to find a place where you know God called me here and you can make a difference. And you can be a giver. And you can, you can sow first to God. It says, uh, Malachi chapter 3 verse 6 says, uh, will, will a mortal man rob God? God's asking this question. It's a big question. He says, yet you robbed me. And you're saying, how are you robbing how are we robbing you, God? And he says, you're doing it in your tithes and offerings. And he said, you're in trouble. You're under a curse in your whole nation uh, because you're robbing me. So he tells him, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. And you can test me in this, says the Lord God Almighty. 
and see if I won't throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. So he gives him this principle of the tithe. This is that, that first, again, this is that first part that we say, God, thank you. I recognize where my blessing comes from, and I want to say thank you to the one that gave it to me. I want to say thank you to the one that's blessed me with it. And God was giving this, this, this nation of Israel just a principle. This is a biblical principle. Um, and, and again, it's not legalistic. It doesn't mean God doesn't love you. And people get all kind of messed up in this type of hyper teaching about this. But I just want to focus that it is a principle. And if, it, if it's a principle, I believe, of life. And, and even the new covenant only increases. Like we, 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 we want to give our whole lives, everything that we have to God. So this is, a, this is an Old Testament principle that I believe just begins, becomes a pattern for how we give. So the tithe is that 10% that we choose to give back to God through the local church that God's called us to. And then also offerings. That's those things above and beyond to make a difference. This is a principle that God called us to do. Leviticus chapter 23, verse 22, I love this. He's talking to Israel, and it was an agrarian society. They were farming all the time. And he's telling them, when you reap the harvest of your land, um, do not reap the very edges of your field. And I say this, we are at edges of the field society. Like, we get every moment of every day and every dollar. And he says, don't reap the edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest, but leave them for the poor and the foreigners residing among you. I am the Lord your God. What was that? That was an offering. That was saying, there's something that I have in my hand that I want to reserve to, to be a blessing to someone. That could be anything. That could be something um, that, that whatever God draws your heart, whenever, whenever the Holy Spirit says give, that you're able, to, you're able to give and you're able to make a difference and help people that are in need all in our city. The scripture says when you give to the poor, you lend to the Lord. And God's, you just search the, new, search the book of Proverbs for blessings about giving to the poor. That this is the first attitude toward our money. We choose to give first and through that, God begins to help us and help us leave a legacy. This is the promise of this type of living. Malachi 3.11 says, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all nations will call you blessed for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord God Almighty. So we give first. This is Hope, hope this is helping somebody. Just very practical life. How do we live a legacy? We choose, number one, to give first. Here's the second thing we do. We save second. We save second. So we would think, okay, it's about living. Then I need to save. Then I need, no, 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 no. Here's, we need to give. Then I'm going to choose to save. I'm going to prioritize saving before I go to spend. Before I, before I live my life, I'm going to give I'm going to thank God. I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to make it intentional. I'm going to make a decision. Um, this is what our family does. And this is a great conversation to have around the dinner table today. What are you doing intentionally? What are we doing intentionally to give the resources that we have? To give the home that God's blessed us with and used for His glory? To give the car that we have? To make a difference? Like all of our life, not just the dollars in our wallet, but every aspect of our life. How are we choosing to use that so that the kingdom of God can be advanced and that people can hear the gospel? And, and then after that, we, we save. We, we make a choice to save. John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus says this, I told you these things so that in me you may have peace because in this world you're going to have trouble. And to which this is not my favorite verse. This is not my life verse. 
It's not on my refrigerator. I don't like it at all, Jesus. I'm like, Jesus, be positive. He's like, Brandon, I am positive. You're going to have some trouble. It's coming. And, and that's why Proverbs says, the prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. So there's this reality of life we can not save, and we can just think, oh, it's all going to be okay. But the scripture is clear. Danger's coming. Jesus said, life's going to be full of trouble. And, and here's, here's what you need to do. You need to see danger coming, take refuge, or else you're going to pay the penalty. Proverbs 21.20 says, There's treasure to be desired and oil in the dwelling of the wise. But a foolish man spendeth it up. And I'll be honest, I've spended it up at times. Spendeth it up. <laughs> uh, and, and I would encourage you, get the legacy book. More than anything, get a plan today. Let, let this start getting in your spirit today. I, 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 next week we're going to talk about some practical things of how to kind of attack this and how to begin to move forward. But, but I want you to start thinking, what's the plan that I could start getting in? I know some people have the plan of a, a, 10, a 1080, it's called, where you have 10% to God and 10% to savings and you live on the rest. Or, or you, you need to develop a three to six month emergency fund. I, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to give you just kind of a legalistic thing, but more than anything, simply say, God, help me to begin to change the way that I'm living so that I can prioritize that savings so that, why? I can be free to say yes, whatever God calls me to do. I'm able to say yes, I'm able to give, I'm able to serve, I'm able to make a difference when when things come when storms come i'm prepared and i'm able to be a blessing here's the third thing is live on what's left so give to god save second and live on what's left live on what's left you say well there's a problem with that there's not much left <laughs> and that's the reality i i, I think I think we're such a um, we're, we're such a society of ex excess that uh, we we can easily live leveraged, right? Like we see other people because we constantly are having to. I just compare ourselves with other people. I really don't think that's how God intended us to live our lives, having thousands of people that we constantly can compare our standard of living and our life and our vacations with them and our homes. and our, I, I, I just do not think that's being healthy in, in our lives. And it, it really is eroding thankfulness and it's eroding uh, how much God's blessed us with because we see what other people are doing and then we try to live our, we try to keep up with the Joneses, right? But then we realize the Joneses, they don't even like how they're living because they're so in debt up to their eyeballs, right? And we're trying to keep up with something that's not even, it's not even real. And what we should be doing is say, God, okay, thank you for your blessings. How can I live on what's left? Because here's the goal, one word, faithfulness. That's what God's called you and I to, no matter how much you have. You could be a billionaire in this place, or you could be struggling in any area, wherever you are. You know what God's looking for from all of us? Faithfulness. That's my prayer. It says a faithful man will abound in blessing, but one who's eager to be rich will not go unpunished. God's called us to live on what we have and to simply just be faithful with what he's blessed us with. Be faithful. As a matter of fact, the highest, the, the, the greatest words that I'm waiting to hear in my life is whenever I stand before my Savior and he says, well done, good and faithful servant. At that point, it doesn't matter how much I have or how much I haven't had. The question is, how have you handled 
what I've given you? How have you handled the influence? How have you handled the money? How have you handled the children that I gave you? How have you handled the church family that I put you in? How have you been faithful with what I've given you? Because the scripture says, whoever can be trusted with very little can be trusted with much. If I can encourage somebody who you're in, you're in that place, you say, I feel like I don't have very much. We're in a lean season. I don't feel like, if, if I can encourage you, put all, of your, put, put all of your energy, even this week, and say, God, help me to be faithful to what I have. Take time to find out what you have. Take time to say, God, what have you put in my hands? And, and, and whatever you are, if you can be trusted with little, God says, okay, okay, okay. You can be trusted with much. But watch this. Who's ever dishonest with little will also be dishonest with much. So the question is, what are you doing with what I've given you? And maybe you're here today, and maybe this message, this is a hard, hard, hard message. Because you're in a struggle. Maybe you've dug a hole in your life, and you think there is no hope. I want you to know there is absolute hope in the name of Jesus. And the principles that we're talking about here in the Word, God's grace is sufficient to help us. And as, as I was preparing uh, this message, I was planning on doing a whole message just on the prodigal son because I think he really represents our culture today. He felt entitled. He wanted what his father had spent a lifetime for. He wanted it right now. And, and he took his father's inheritance and he went and he wasted it and he made bad decisions. And, 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 and we, I can raise both my hands and both my feet and say I've made bad decisions. There's been things I'm not proud of. And, 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 and the Bible says he spent everything he had and then he didn't have anything left. And he was eating food that the pigs were supposed to eat. And in that moment, he came to himself. And maybe you're here today and you're, you're low in this area of your life. If I can encourage you that you're not too low for the grace of God. And if you'll come to yourself and you'll realize, okay, God wants me to leave a legacy. I'm tired of putting up a facade. I'm tired of acting like I have it all together. I am going to go back to my father's house. I'm going to go back to my father and say, Father, I've made some mistakes. I've spent the money. I don't have it all together. Would you please help me? And the Bible says this, that the Lord is near to those who are discouraged and he sees those who have lost all hope. If you're here today and you're discouraged, I want you to know God sees you and he's as close to you right now as he's ever been in your whole life. I feel this way as a dad that, that, that my kids, I love all of them, but, but I feel like whenever they're hurting, whoever's the one that's hurting, I love him the most in that moment. We were Hudson and... Um, Carter, our older two, were at my mom's house um, in Kentucky this past week, and they called in the middle of the night, and, um, and he was sick. And man, it, it hurt mine and Kara's heart to have a sick boy five hours away. And our whole, our whole focus, we, we, we changed our schedule the next day, and we, we made the drive just to get him because he, he was sick. And, and I want you to know that, that in your place of distress in your place of sickness the eyes of your heavenly father are on you more than ever before and you are not forsaken the devil is a liar you are not what you what the devil says you are but you're a victor you are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus and today's a brand new day to turn around and come back home to dad's house but you got to reject the way you've been living and it's time to step into the new destiny that God has for you come home says he got up and he went to his father but while he was still a long way off say I still feel like I'm a long way off preacher I want you to know his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him he ran to his son threw his arms around him and he kissed him 
when my, when my boy got home the other day, um, I said, hey, you want to go to eat? You want to do that? He said, no, I just want to get home. And he got there, and he had, been, he had been sick, and he was feeling a little better. And he, we stepped into the living room. He gave me a big hug. He said, Dad, I'm just so glad to be home. And I think in that little six-year-old perspective kind of got all over me. I was already studying about this prodigal son, and I thought, you know what? It's time for somebody to come home. And it doesn't mean everything's fixed in a moment. Many of us have spent years getting ourselves in difficulty, but I'll say this. The step back to dad's house is just one single step. That's all it takes. Just humility. It's humility. Saying, God, help me. Help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. Scripture says this, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. So humble yourselves under God's mighty hand that He may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on Him because we have a dad that cares for us. So it's a big topic, big subject. And I don't even pretend to think that I've covered it all in 30 minutes. But if you don't get anything out of this, then no matter where you are on this journey, if you'll come to your dad and humble yourself and say, help me to not live my life full of worry and anxiety, I'm casting that anxiety on you. And help me to live a life of generosity, of giving, of being prepared for the future. So that we say, man, we're able to say yes when God calls us. We're able to say yes. We're not leveraged so deep that we say, God, well, I'd love to go on that mission trip, but I can't. I'd love to help that church start, but I can't. I'd love to help those people. You call me to buy them a new car, I can't. God says, help us to be free. It starts. Let's pray together here.